0: Welcome to Success with Style everyone, I am Rob Giardinelli and we are coming here from the Bob Bullock Texas State History Museum in Austin, Texas and I'm here with my co-host. Hi
1: everyone, it's Lance Avery Morgan and I. we are so excited to have Eleonora Morrison as our guest here.
2: Hello Rob and Lance, thank you so much for having me. We're so me.
1: happy to have you, so many people know you, a few don't, <laughs> oh and those goodness. who know and love you like we do. They know you from Eleanor Magazine, and they know your, your writing, your talents, and, and all that. So we're so glad to have you here today. Well,
2: I appreciate it. I'm very honored to be here, especially since you all have been great mentors for me.
1: Well, you're very kind to say that. In
2: my young professional life. Yeah. so <laughs> You're just warming up. And beyond, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're just warming up. So you are from San Antonio. You're a, you're a native Texan.
2: I am a native Texan. Which
1: these days is not that common. There's lots of people from other other ports of call, and we welcome them as long as they bring their creativity and their business acumen. But San Antonio is a really happening region right now. Tell us what's going on down there.
2: It is. I think we're in a very um, exciting time of growth for San Antonio because obviously, I mean, I'll be 30 this year, so I've seen a lot of that revitalization Mm -hmm. because I didn't go away for college. I I went to school in San Antonio. So I've seen in the past 10 years it really transform. But we're also at a pivotal, um, critical time of growth where we're really I think the creative class is really starting Mm -hmm. to buzz and happen um, and help everybody grow. And so we've seen a lot of revitalization of the neighborhoods that are near to downtown and surrounding north, you know, a south, east and west sides. We're seeing increased public transportation. We're seeing, you know, a lot of collaboration and all these multi-use developments kind of pearl led the way. Uh, So that that to me is very exciting because I've chosen to create and stay in San Antonio Mm -hmm. and invest kind of in the the future of that right. um, as opposed to going somewhere else with our creativity and our company and all that so I'm, I'm just thrilled with where we're at now and the next 10 years looking forward
0: keeping it local well yes. yeah and what do you think that create the fusion of creativity that's come in over the last 10 years what do you how do you think it's elevated the city as a whole
2: i think it's uh it enriches particularly san antonio because we have such great authentic style and flavor and spice and all those things because we really were an original melting pot. Um, culturally, of many cultures. cultures. And so it's been really great to see everybody who's creating in San Antonio really try and honor that and for locals to decide to stay there and honor that through their work in Mm -hmm. whatever medium that is or the way they look at life. And so that to me is exciting because it's not manufactured. It feels very real and Mm -hmm. authentic.
1: Very authentic, yeah. Which I think speaks to Texas these days as a whole of buying local, creating locally in San Antonio was on the forefront in fact i would i would say that you all are going through a real renaissance right now yes i would agree
2: yeah i mean we're following obviously we've always lagged behind austin um but i'm proud because even though we're slow i'm just glad to see that it's authentic you know Mm -hmm. and it's really true to to who we are as opposed to trying to mimic other cities Mm -hmm. we're really taking the time to just be a little bit slower growth but True to who we are.
1: Well, I think originally, because you know, my family has had, excuse me, ties to San Antonio forever. And so, you know, a a lot of San Antonio prospered just because it was San Antonio, right? Because of the military, the medical community, and lots of other factors. Whereas other cities may not have had that. So it sort of now is fueling that growth with other industries. And to your point, Rob, creativity. I think that's really important. Yeah.
2: Yes. And you know, I actually, I know you'll like this. I researched this well, it was this week, um, kind of in my early morning hours. Did you know that the first Academy Award-winning film was filmed in San Antonio? Wings. Of course. Oh, that's right. I I forgot about that. that.
1: Oh, Ellie. Yeah, I know. I'm just warming up. I mean, you're like the
2: king of everything history and vintage. But, I mean, I was shocked because no one ever talks about that. I think it's more about what I'm really excited to do as a creator with a platform is start to incorporate those really – Amazing historical nuggets into the narrative. Yeah. I think that we've left some things out of the narrative, just as much of okay, what's the Riverwalk? It's the, you know, whatever, but there's this whole side of you know, this, like the South Side has so much right. culture, and they filmed it there. Yeah, on the South There's Side the of the There's a lot of filming like, back then. Yes, yeah. well, In well they San did. There was, of, was a whole film studio. There's a
1: whole studio. Yeah, it
2: was really cool. It's so anyway, I freaked out to fig- find that on yeah. the internet. So I'm gonna start to play kind of with some of those things. Oh, I love that. Them, you yeah, know when you
1: say play and incorporate, that means with your own platform. Yes. Well, yes. Tell us about Eleanor Magazine.
2: Well, it so is so exciting. Thank you. Um, everything I've learned, I've learned from you. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> over the years. But So you've learned
1: how to do a splash page. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> I've learned how to
2: tell stories and really um kind of invest in the creative talent that's around you and not always think you have to go somewhere else to grab people. So anyway, um I obviously, as you both know, I have a very theatrical background. Just my um
1: Lots of your jazz hands are up right now. My jazz now, hands are up right fact, now. Yeah. I just gonna kind of ding the microphone. <laughs> um
2: but I this was a real progression over the past, you know, ten years of being out of college, at the end of college, being out of college and kind of starting a career, it really just puts all of the things together, you know, into one platform. And I've done, I mean, I've written for you for the past, I don't know, eight years or longer. uh, longer. And so I really was able to hone my voice with magazine writing. And Mm -hmm. then I have theatrics. And then, you know, my business partner, Melissa Delgadillo, she is genius with visuals and all the marketing and branding strategy and all of it. That's what her career was. So we've really just figured out how to put it all into one passion project. And um, we also find ways to allow it to serve our community, mm-hmm. I think. Tell us
1: about that because you're you're a real proponent of supporting people around you and many of them are females. So yes. the whole female empowerment, I'm not going to call it a thing because it's, it's truly something that's long overdue and we're just thrilled that you're dialing into that.
2: Well, thank you. I think um, that kind of came with a natural progression as well and I've always been surrounded by strong women. Uh, In my family, but I also never really was privy to the narrative of victimization or kind of sort of the anger that surrounded the feminist Mm -hmm. movement uh, originally, which I heard somebody say lately that we needed that anger in order to get to the more neutralized um, kind of positive Mm -hmm. narrative, which is, I'm excited that we're at that point now. I can really feel it shifting, but that's been a personal mission of mine in creating and blogging and, you know, in the digital space over the past several years is how to empower through a narrative that is positive and that is, um, you know, really rooted in legacy mm-hmm. because that to me is the most inspiring thing. I mean, w- strong women are nothing new. <laughs> we look yeah. back to the beginning of time and all right. these, that's kind of what has informed our original creative um sort of narrative with this product with Eleanor magazine is we dove back in time to find these women that really pioneered certain industries right in the 1700s 1600s 1800s and now women can carry out those careers yeah. because of the those women who came before them but it wasn't in the Seventies or 60s or 80s it was like 300 years ago that they were doing things or longer so that to me is just very inspiring and it and it gives the ultimate message and so that's what we've been trying to use incorporating yeah
0: that's really great and what I'm curious is who what women women from history do you draw on for inspiration
2: oh my good well I research a lot and I try and find the women who we don't necessarily know already so who haven't been totally pop-culturized like you know Frida Kahlo obviously she's very inspiring but I wanted to steer away from women like her because they get the spotlight a lot so I dove in and looked at you know this this nun for example from the 1600s Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz I mean she was the most inspiring woman only because she advocated for just women being able to be educated And Something so basic something now so taken right. for granted exactly. Right. And so anyway, that that was a great one. Um, I love that photo shoot that you all Thank did Thank you, that it was, was, fun. Glam <laughs> that was, was fun. fun It was really fun so, And
1: so you do photo shoots we as do. part of your homage yes. and the educational component of Eleanor Magazine. Mm-hmm. Those must be really intense
2: they are because
1: i know you work with a great team yes our, our buddy ram Yes, As Ram Garretton. Yep, yeah, yep, who, yep. who photographed us both for his San Antonio the 300 uniform 300, 300. Yep. exhibit, which Absolutely. was so much fun and he well is, deserved for both of you. By the way, Oh, thank you, Rob. I was north San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> I was so far up on I-35 with the pin dot of their map of you know, where came people were from. covered. Ellie's <laughs> in the middle of San Antonio, yeah. or surrounded by it all, and then I'm way, way north. So well, you know. one of the interesting things, you know, about about
0: Lance in particular is. People throughout Texas think Lance lives in every single city in Texas. So you go to another market and people are like, I haven't seen you in a while, Lance. Where have you been? And Lance is like, well, I I'm haven't. Still in Austin. I don't live here. I still live in Austin. Oh, really?
2: Well, I
1: thought you were here
2: in Houston. <laughs> really? I thought you were here in Dallas. <laughs> but or... that's a testament to how you create community. Well, I think community is state you seek it. Yeah, right? And exactly. I seek it
1: everywhere I go. Whenever I'm in a different Texas city, it is my favorite city at that moment right well, I, mean, I mean why not why wouldn't why it be? not you and know, we and really find inspiration it. everywhere exactly but one thing I we're gonna I want to talk about all these cool women that influence Ellie but it had to start somewhere how did you make your first dollar oh
2: my god how did I make my first dollar yeah oh I was I was a greeter at the Buckhorn Saloon and Museum Fantastic. down at downtown San Antonio yeah. um, that was when I was 15
1: and I believe your old. father, Harry Leeper, and was. your mom, Rosanna Leeper, may have had some, something have to do something with you to you encourage that. you to yes. be <laughs> part of that. Yes, My father
2: was kind of managing the museum. He was, I guess, managing the museum yeah. at the time. And um, they told me, well, Ellie, it's time to get a job. Yeah. And so that was my first summer job. Great. After now What was that, it like
1: working with the public like that?
2: Oh, well, it's everything. I think that one of the threads in my personal narrative is... Is that I've always had these jobs that have been very public facing, and that allows you to kind of start to learn how to interact with an audience, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you know, and yeah. as as you're a, if you're a greeter for a museum, I mean, you're outside, you're really boots on the ground, you're listening to what people are saying, you're mm-hmm. drawing them in. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally everything that I've done, um, as we all know, this happens. Like up to this point, it it plays in to exactly what we're doing even if it's behind the computer. It's Mm -hmm. creating community and also serving as an ambassador to San Antonio. That's always been a thread um within my story too um so yeah i was a greeter an an ambassador for san antonio i would also add because you really speak
1: so beautifully toward the qualities of san antonio you put a face on it well thank you right so yeah it's
2: a lot of generations of my family i
1: know like five i think yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i'm the fifth you're you're the fifth harry's your dad has been here and then of course your mom is a displanted connecticut resident who ended up in texas and we're so glad that she got here i know right yeah
2: (laughs) For the betterment of us all. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I know. Precisely.
0: So, um, so tell me a little bit about, because you are so well put together, who influences your style?
2: Oh, a lot of my mother, um, okay. I would say. Because, by the way,
1: everyone, Ellie is wearing an evening gown right now with long white gloves and a tiara, right? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> no, wait a that's just the picture you're holding up. And, uh, so, yeah, you always look so put together.
2: Well, thank you. I'm actually wearing one of my mother's blazers from the ah. 1990s. So, she, I think it's my grandmother, my mother, both my grandmothers actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been influenced by a lot of the women around me who raised me because I was lucky that my mother was from somewhere else. And so, That gave me a lot of perspective, Mm -hmm. and she has kind of the New York City kind of East Coast flair, and she dresses, she has some masculine elements to her Mm -hmm. style that I've always loved, like, you know, popped collars and kind of baker shirts and very, like, a lot of pants, and so I've been inspired by that over the years because she used to dress me that way when I was young. Right. And then my dad's side of the family from here, my grandmother on that side, and even my mom's mother lots of dresses all the 1920s 30s mm-hmm. 40s you know mm-hmm. that those eras i'm very inspired by that femininity so i always say my style personally is a very it's a mix of mm-hmm. masculine with feminine. Yeah. And now as I've come into myself kind of creatively, I've been able to incorporate some contemporary flair with my own eye. Yeah. Um, but being influenced from a young age by you and the magazine and all of that fashion, oh, it's yeah, osmosis, fun. you know, yeah. even if you don't realize it. Absorbing it. And yeah. I was actually quite a, like fashion did not even style wasn't even on my radar really you know i was a tomboy interesting a big young. reveal so yeah. shocked to hear that and i just had no awareness of it because i had a uniform which was great in retrospect thank in goodness school. Mm-hmm. Yep. in school yep. and so i really became kind of inspired by it in the last i would say five years
1: and your husband is very stylish. Dan Morrison, he is. superstar Dan Morrison.
2: You know, he really is. I'm very proud of him. I don't influence him really at really? all. Really? So he's, it's his own so he's naturally yeah, that's very right. stylish. Well, I think what's interesting to see is that both of us have such creative jobs. We're creative directors, each in our different kind of yeah. scent mediums and right. senses. And so his with music and mine with editorial and digital, but your eye is honed, no matter what creative channel you're in. And so I'm always fascinated looking at him saying oh why are you making that choice well his 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 aesthetic improves with the amount of time that he works with an artistic project yeah the same with me yeah wow
0: so how do you think your style influences what you create
2: oh my goodness well i think i've always been interested in vintage clothing okay Um, i wear a lot of it do you and have I, sources in San Antonio? I do. I love this one boutique called Montage because mm-hmm. it's right by the Pearl and that's where we live and so um it's easy and it's fast. I also wear so much of my mother's hand-me-downs because she, you know, they just made stuff better. Yeah. Right. And it's I wear last. my grandmother's it ha- Yeah, to last yeah. and I wear my grandmother's clothes. Mimi, she up in Connecticut, she'll yeah. just give me things and I incorporate them with modern pieces and I'll wear my Lulu, my you know, late grandmother, my father's mother. Mm-hmm. Her pieces, her furs and all that. And then um, it's just kind of a hodgepodge of what's a mood for me. I think okay. that's important. Um, and I just am obsessed with this notion of what was the person's story who wore this before me? I just love that.
1: The heritage of the piece. Yeah, the heritage yeah. of the so piece. So do, ha- do, you, do you think that there are – do you th- conjure stories of, wow, this fur probably wrapped the shoulders of – woman who went to XYZ or did sometimes. ABC?
2: Yeah, sometimes. If it's not um, pre-owned by anyone in my family mm-hmm. and I, I mean usually I know the stories associated with right. it is, yeah. but if it's a you know, at a vintage store, then I, I tend to make it up and I yeah. uh, it's, due to my theatrical <laughs> background, I kind of become characters when I'm wearing certain things like my okay. caftans that's yeah. a character for sure that's such a fun look yeah well, so
1: slim easy. errands I love it oh my gosh yeah. and it looks great on everyone yes love
2: caftans from size for 4 to 44 yep yeah
0: absolutely you know, you're looking good in a caftan that's tail. a universal that is a universal mm-hmm. garment yes. that looks good on and, anybody and
1: I think it more so maybe in San Antonio because I for think sure. people really are attracted to it, they 10, are 10, 10. and it's because it's also so
2: hot all the time, right? Yeah, like mainly so it's, it's so hot all so the time. So, wearing
1: a caftan is cool, yes. Okay, didn't <laughs> know that, I've never worn one,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and you can wear it to the pool or to a black tie gala, depends right. on how you right. accessorize it. Right. So, they're great investment pieces, in my opinion.
1: Oh, heck yeah! So. Well, and there's so many like Carla Kristoff is a great caftan designer there's lots of great some of hers do great Mm -hmm. she's She's awesome yeah yeah she's amazing
0: (laughs) (laughs) and so I always wanted to ask I wanted to go back to what you were talking about earlier about wearing a uniform in school do you think wearing a uniform was helpful or it didn't help? Because you're the first guest where we've really had a chance to talk about that. So. Oh, my gosh.
2: I miss my uniform all of the time. Okay. Really? Yes. Um, I mean, I went to St. Mary's Hall in San Antonio. So, obviously, the uniform was very cute. I mean, it was yeah. chic. Yeah. Um, kind of hints to sailor midi's, yeah. uh, nautical flair. Yeah, flare. totally. Uh, anyway, but I, oftentimes the women that I went to school with, I'll be, you know, grabbing a cocktail with them in New York City or, you know, wherever they are. Right. That is the one Co- piece of conversation that comes up every you're time kidding. is oh I miss the uniform wow interesting because yeah. it
1: really democratizes it does
2: but it's interesting because I don't know I mean it gives you an identity that you don't really have to think about but it also allows you to focus on not the external of mm-hmm. your identity mm-hmm. and to me when you're a young person um, you shouldn't be focusing on that you should be focusing on your mind yeah. and your talents and your right. intellect and so I feel very fortunate that we had a uniform, and really, you don't know who you are, and you don't know your stuff. At least back then, we didn't. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't right. have the internet. It was sure, like,
1: no, that was in the in the dark days, right? <laughs>
2: back dark in ages. the olden days, yeah, right. the, yeah, the more simple days <laughs> yeah. that I miss sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I love the uniform. I would go back. I there, I also think it's interesting how that uniformity has influenced the way that I dress on a day-to-day basis. Now that I'm, you know, out in the kind of the creative world, mm-hmm. it's like what mixes and matches I tend to always put together and what types of meetings I choose them for there's a there's a kind of a science to okay, it. so
0: you mean you, you really dress dress situationally yeah, because you wore the uniform exactly. five days a week. Yeah, and in my own years. uniform, whatever right. that
2: means. Like I'm put together today, I have a turtleneck under a jumpsuit with a blazer with booties. Well that's kind of like a suit. Right. You know, it's like a variation yeah. of a suit. And so i your own business. I, it, so yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. That makes total sense. No, it oh, does wow. make total sense. Okay, so let's t- let's go back to your social media presence, which is robust. You have a really major following.
2: Uh, well, thank you. I wouldn't say major it's or get quali- there. It's a quality following. It is. I it mean, it is. really is. Yes. Uh,
1: well,
0: your
2: users are highly engaged. Thank yeah. you. I've worked very hard for that to be the case. And how
1: important is social media to you personally and to your brand? Tell us about that, because that's been a journey for you, as it has with lots of our listeners.
2: Yes, it has been a journey. I think um, social media was just introduced well, Facebook was just introduced when I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you had to have a .edu email right. address to, to have an kids. account. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I remember the biggest day ever in yearbook class um, when a friend of mine who was a year old or she was a senior, she had just gotten her college. Mm-hmm. Email address. She yeah. was getting ready to go to SMU or whatever it was, and she said, "Here's a Facebook invite." We were like, "Oh my gosh, we're in the club!" Wow. But, um, so, <laughs> oh how times I, right? have changed. How times have changed. Billions of users, literally, later, literally. Right? And so wow. all we were really doing was posting pictures of whatever we were right. doing, yeah. you know, and wishing each sure. other happy birthday. I mean, that's right. what it was. Right. And then I was fortunate to be at Trinity University in the communication department, where one of my professors, Dr. Jennifer Henderson, oh, I love her. Um, she She had the foresight because she was doing the research to say, you know, students, you need to think about yourself as a personal brand because this landscape Mm -hmm. is changing. And this was about 2009, 2010. Early
1: adopter. Early, yes.
2: And she had our class was kind of a pilot class and other professors from around the country were watching it Mm -hmm. um it was called media culture and technology and so she really influenced the way we all thought about how we were using social media for our personal and professional brands and our presences and so i i've always since then had an idea of this is your as as a platform and how to shape yourself publicly Mm -hmm. because everybody needs a little bit of that um, especially in the world today and so i was lucky to have that knowledge early on but um, how it evolved is just it just needed to be used in every business. And so when I had my first jobs and I worked in nonprofit and fundraising and all of that, I became more acquainted with it. But I started a blog in 2014 um, to, to kind of learn digital publishing and yep. hone a voice that was more personal. It was Awful. It was called sequins and suspenders. It was not
1: awful. Oh I loved my
2: goodness! That. I
0: liked it a lot too. Oh, you're nice. We loved it.
2: Well, it, I made my husband Dan, who was my fiance at the time, uh, appear on it, which was hence the. He was your boyfriend at the time. Was he boy your boyfriend? boyfriend? Yeah. Oh, he's now my husband. He's yeah. He's sorry. now your what husband. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are still <laughs> anyway, together, right? <laughs> we're still together. <laughs> yes. <husband>. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, forever. Anyway, so <laughs> we were just dating at the time. I guess we were about to be engaged when okay. we launched it, um and we've been married now three years almost. Which time flies, but it was becoming acquainted with using your personal voice because you write so professionally Mm -hmm. at work. And then I started to mimic, as everybody does, um, what the other influencers and bloggers were doing and kind of what that space was. And then I started to realize, okay, I do have a responsibility to kind of shape a a voice and guide and lead an audience. And that was when I changed the blog branding to something more personal. Mm -hmm. Oh, Eleonora, because my um, grandmother often says that to me. If I'm doing something silly, (laughs) you know, twirling around as a kid, she'd say, oh, Eleonora. And I needed it to mean something personal so that I could tap back into that place Mm -hmm. of authenticity Mm -hmm. and individuality because I felt that it was lacking. in in the digital world um and so i just kind of took that on as my personal mission with my blog and then the blog morphed into more of what it is now it's a platform it's a digital magazine more storytelling it's storytelling yeah yeah. it's not hard journalism by any means but it's very um it's imaginative Mm -hmm. journalism Mm -hmm. i would say it's like a mix i
0: I would totally call it that yeah what what do you enjoy most about storytelling
2: oh well gosh it's I think one of the things that I've realized lately is how much storytelling is a part of our lives from when we're born and we might not even really notice. But even just living in the house I grew up in, um, aside from all my theatrical dance, all that stuff, like my mother was such a curator of stories. I mean, Mm -hmm. every holiday she did the house differently. There was something that was a narrative in everything she did. And those things influence you. And does. And does still. Yes, as we all know. And those things really influence you. And so my favorite part of storytelling, I think, is that it's the diving into the completely alternate world you know like alice in wonderland falling down the rabbit hole right especially because everything in our world now is so fast and it's so furious and it's so immediate and now 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 and what's happening in real time that's nice but at the same time it's a it's a really fantasy you know it's just a break it's right it's just a fantastical break why does everybody like harry potter why does everybody like i mean these these stories yeah. that are timeless um, they kind of define humanity and our stories that we tell in the future. And so that's why I love it so much.
1: Well, I love that yours are educational. Thank right? you. They're female directed. They're empowering. Like you, I loved your piece on Carmel Snow.
2: Thank you. That was The huge.
1: amazing editor of Harper's Bazaar for years and years and years. And I had read her biography and I saw your piece and I thought, wow, that biography came to life with what you did.
2: That's the hugest compliment ever. It's Thank true. You. No, I, I mean, really I really
1: appreciate did. it. So I, you really nailed that. So, which is exciting. And well, how, so do how do you choose these, these, people that you find, these incredible women, how do you, I know you said you did a lot of research, but do they really have to resonate and speak to you? Yes. Okay. It's,
2: yes. It's kind of almost this notion of these women are all of us in some way. Okay. And that, and that's they kind They are of, you and you are them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They are, they are me and I am them. And the same with our entire audience. That's what we want them to take away from it. And also something that is Eerie that happens. Um, that when we did Carmel Snow, for example, oftentimes the women I portrayed her because I was starting this magazine with Melissa. We we all portrayed kind of Carmel's staff in that initial okay. launch issue yeah. to kind of meta show mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> what we were doing. Right. But then once we had other women, we have different women portray this this woman from the past. You know, right. since then, it is shocking how we will choose the woman that we're going to portray, you know, have have their stories be told. And then all of a sudden the woman in real life that we just kind of have a gut feeling about ends up looking similar to that. Casting. The yeah, it's casting, oh, yeah. but like it's, it just is natural. Wow. And it's this organic kind yeah. of supernatural thing that we just look at each other and think, what, how did this, how did this just happen? Meant to be, yeah, that's how it happened. And then in the, in the first shot that we for shoot that we did, we got the negatives back as we were shooting them on film.
1: Yeah the negatives back Love it.
2: <laughs> and there was an an image that i had not found prior to the shoot of carmel and one of her parisian editors um, marie louise busquet mm-hmm. and they she were edited sitting in european collections. yes right? yes yeah. yes yeah. and so she, they were both sitting in paris at a runway show next to each other and it just so happened that a shot that we got of me and melissa my business partner in our shoot unbeknownst to us you know It was it was the same. Like she looked exactly like her. I looked exactly like Carmel, and it was one of those like, wow, there's so much power to this because Mm -hmm. these women are like choosing us to tell their stories in a way. Yeah, I know it sounds they speak hooey, but yes, no, it's
1: not hooey at all. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. So
0: we are beginning to run out of time. Oh, come on. But we all, we love, I know we are just warming up, but I, you know, we love asking this of most of our guests. So, who are five people from history you would love to have at a dinner party?
2: Oh, yes. Yes. Constanze Mozart, number one, Mozart's wife. Um, God, I just, because she's fascinating. Yes. But also, (laughs) uh, oftentimes these women were the muses or they were also. Composers or performers. Yeah, sure. Um, I would also have, well, Carmel. I mean, the women that we've done, Juana mm-hmm. Ines, and also Ada Lovelace. She was okay. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, one more is Lois Weber, who you may or may not see in the future of what okay. we're up to.
0: T- tell tell our audience a little bit about her.
2: Lois Weber was. Um, she was a director. She was a female director oh. of films at the time of Charlie Chaplin, mm-hmm. you know, that whole era.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. She okay.
2: might've been more prolific than, than Charlie Chaplin, mm-hmm. but because she was a woman at the time, just didn't get the same press. Yeah. Um, and she was the first, she was one of the first women to really do it all. So she directed, she acted, she produced, she, she had her own, sure right. f- her film studio. Yeah. And that was in the 1920, like the 18, 1918, 1920 right. era. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm not really giving anything away, but you might see her appear. That sounds so exciting. Yeah.
1: We'll have to go to, o, I I mean, to Eleanor, Eleanor, Mar- Mag- Eleanor Magazine. magazine. I, I almost call. said O-Eleanor oh. <laughs> because well, same thing, it's bookmarked. It, it bookmarked. Eleanor Magazine. <laughs> and people can follow you on Instagram and Facebook, yes. and they can be in your world. Yes, they can. And you can so, be in there, too. Yes. yes,
2: Eleanor Morrison is my personal. But you can go to Eleanor underscore magazine on Instagram to fall into our worlds every month. And then, obviously, we're on Facebook and Twitter and
1: you're everywhere we're
2: everywhere yeah, yeah. so
1: exciting well, well thank you so much well and
0: before we go oh. we always a- end with this is what is one per- one thing all stylish people possess yeah
2: individuality
0: that possessed yourself i was yeah. gonna say that's right. like a mic drop that's a mic yeah. drop type of um yeah I type try. of response one take <laughs> if, these no, if these mics weren't so expensive <laughs> i would drop yeah. one
1: but that's okay <laughs> Well, Ellie, it's been so great chatting with you and learning more about your world, the real world and the creative world, which are concentric circles you bounce off of each other so beautifully i'm so proud of you thank you and would you come back sometime
2: of course whenever you're available we'd love to have you there's
1: lots more to cover yeah yeah thank
2: you for all your mentorship and guidance over Uh, the years thank you for being you you.
1: thank you you.
0: and i'm lance Avery morgan with success with style signing off and i'm rob giardinelli signing off from the bob bullock texas state history museum in austin texas reminding you that great style starts by having a unique point of view have a great day everyone bye everyone Bye. bye